You can now subscribe and get 20% off with a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. We know a bunch of you have taken advantage of the one-time code, and now you can get 20% off your favorite coffee forever. You'll never have to put in your credit card info again, and they'll send you your favorite Strava Craft Coffee every two, three, four, six or eight weeks with no hassle, no needing to put in your credit card information, no worrying about when you're going to run out of coffee because you know that Strava Craft Coffee is coming straight to your door. If you haven't tried it yet, make sure you use the code DNVR20 to get in uh, on the action and get 20% off your first order. Or again, set up a subscription, have it sent straight to your door and save 20% every single time. Check them out, Strava Craft Coffee. to Zach Mace, RK, and the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four, we're still waiting for. Bring on Chase. Out on the field, a mile high. Broncos win his arms. A couple with a pregnant crew and a friendly orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us at the Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. Make sure you check out MSU Denver Online and all they have to offer. We're talking 450 total classes, 75 different hybrid programs, and something for everyone at MSU Denver. So it's msudenver.edu slash online to see everything they have to offer. And when you use the code DNVR Sports when you sign up, you can get all of your application fees waived, which is a pretty sweet deal. So check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boys, what's going on? I think we can safely call this a terrific Thursday by the looks of this show, guys. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited, guys. I've gone commando. I'm not wearing oh. underwear today. What wow. the hell? <laughs> wow. What the hell? Uh, well, that helps. Uh, so don't 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 stand hey. up and get anything behind you this show. Oh, I, I've got pants on. I'm just saying I don't have underwear. I am free and easy, as Bart Simpson once said. There's nothing like an unfurnished basement. Feel that breeze, there, Mace. Uh, I I don't know how to regroup from this moment. Um, so everyone this morning woke up to a fantastic headline courtesy of the folks at TMZ. Um, Great headline writers, by the way, over there. And it's not clickbait. I mean, you know, you open up the story and you dig in and that's actually what happened. So, of course, the headline is Broncos cream Jackson. I've spoken to Deshaun Watson and the quarterback has interest in trade to Denver. And in here, the quote from Kareem Jackson to TMZ I had a couple of conversations with him, just with him saying Denver is a place he's interested in landing. I mean, sound the alarm, boys. That is the first hurdle and a very big one. 
That's honestly potentially the biggest hurdle because now it's in George Payton's hands. And before there was a chance that the Broncos weren't going to be able to do anything in order to get Deshaun Watson. If he, cause all he could say is no guys, he could say no. And then Broncos wouldn't have a chance. So now that he's interested in that, you assume that he would waive his no trade clause in order to come to Denver. And man, we're talking about the Broncos having a seat at the table now. Yeah, the, the the biggest hurdle, though, that still remains is the Texans actually wanting to trade him and their willingness to play hardball with Deshaun Watson. So it's it, we're not at the point yet, I think, where we start saying, oh, this this could be imminent. But at least now you have it, like you said, Zach, you have a situation where he would waive his no trade clause to come to Denver. So whether it was the Kareem Jackson sales job, whether it was just taking a second look at the offensive talent on hand, the situation on hand franchise wise, there's hope. I had not had hope before seeing this. Now I feel like, I feel like the the ball, I, I feel like the ball has moved just a little bit here. Now there's the, ch- there's the chance at this. I, I guess I just didn't want to get my hopes up before seeing something like this, but now that Deshaun Watson actually sees something in Denver, you can dare to dream. You can. And I'm actually worried because now I have the opportunity to get mad about this. Um, <laughs> because before, like I kind of assumed as much as we've talked about it on the show and talked it up and had fun with it. I kind of assumed eventually it would come out that he had like three suitors and the Broncos weren't one of them. Well, that, and I couldn't have gotten mad at anyone for that except Deshaun Watson, which I probably wasn't going to do. Um, but now I can get mad that the Broncos didn't play ball. Like, like you got to get to that table and don't leave that table until Deshaun Watson is your quarterback. And I believe that very firmly. So if they don't get it done, now I'm going to be upset because whatever deal anyone makes for him, I'm going to say the Broncos should have beat that deal. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And and we're finding out guys that we've prepared ourselves for maybe more than you'll have to give up in, in order to actually get it. I mean, we've been saying three first round picks, three second round picks, whatever players that the Texans want, you make that deal. And of course, John McClain, a Texans insider this weekend came out and said, it's going to take at least two twos, two ones and uh, yeah, two defensive starters. Okay, easy. Make, make, make it make it happen. If that's what the price is, George Payton should be on the phone right now saying, hey, look, I know you're not even going to answer. Maybe text him because says, hey, I know you're not even answering phone calls right now about Deshaun Watson. But how about this deal right here? And just give it something where they say, oh, my gosh, okay, we, we can't pass up on this offer right now. Let's just make it happen in February. Exactly. Uh, I mean – Two firsts, two seconds, two defensive starters, the naming rights to the stadium, uh, <laughs> the key to the city, like whatever they want, give it to them. So the, um, the, the Houston Texans stadium at Mile High? Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's the second time I've given out the naming rights to the stadium today because first one was Maysett put Kareem Jackson in the ring of fame if they get this done. And I said, mm-hmm. just name the stadium after him. <laughs> hey, K-, K Jack Field has a nice ring to it. I'll I'll admit. I'm I'm down for that. You actually you put a little you put a little 22 on there on the field to commemorate him. I I you know what? I'm all if if John Watson's a Bronco, I'm already carving his ring of fame pillar. I I oh, yeah. 
no five-year waiting period. You go straight in, right? You go in as an active player. He could be the first <laughs> active player in the Broncos ring of fame if he gets it. And yes, when contract time comes up here in the next 12 months, whatever he wants. If Deshaun Watson is a Bronco, whatever he wants it. Oh, by the way, you're probably going to need Kareem Jackson beyond this year if you get Deshaun Watson because you're not going to have the draft picks to go restock at safety. You're going to need to probably maximize everything that he's got left anyway. Well, and also something along with that, Mace, is just like Kareem said about Deshaun Watson, he said, whatever team gets him, you instantly become a contender. Mm -hmm. If the Broncos go into rebuild mode, especially with a young quarterback for, for the future, well, Kareem Jackson probably won't be here and won't be playing at in his prime by the time the Broncos finally reach that point where they're ready to compete with a young quarterback in a couple of years. But if you get Deshaun Watson... Just like Kareem said, you're instantly a contender. So then you keep Kareem because he's entering the last year of his deal right now. You keep Kareem for another deal. You sign him to a contract, not just to keep him here for thanking him for helping land Deshaun Watson, but because Kareem Jackson's going to be a player. He's going to be someone you need on defense to compete with the Chiefs, which you would be able to do right away. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of people watching on YouTube, a lot of people watching on Periscope, we love if you come over to the YouTube side of things, it's a much better connection, much better quality. Uh, so check out the YouTube side of things. Uh, hop in the chat room in there. And, of course, if you are on the YouTube, we'd love if you hit a like, subscribe, uh, and sign up for alerts so you never miss one of these shows. There you go. There's a nice little fancy motion graphic to show you how to do it. Um, and, I mean, yeah, aside from the Kareem Jackson stuff, which he absolutely – deserves all sorts of praise if this deal goes down. Um, there are people out there saying, hey, the Broncos have a defensive rebuild on their hands coming up. You know, you're giving up so many assets for this. And I just, I really don't see it that way. Um, again, you can, it's not as if you're giving up your entire draft for the next two years. Now, let's say you do give up two first and two seconds, which is comically low in my opinion. Um, you can still find players in the third round, fourth round, fifth round. You know, you're still finding good players in there. So, um, it's to me, it's still an absolute no brainer. Yeah, it's a no brainer, but yeah, but the thing is, what you lose is your margin for error. That means you can't have a situation where uh, you, you have a third round pick and you miss. And Zach, we'll get RK back in a little bit. Zach, you know how scattershot the Broncos have been in round three. There's been Justin Simmons. There's also been a Carlos Henderson. So George Payton would have to be really smart about how he used those third-round picks. And another thing that I'm thinking more and more, Zach, is George Payton likes to operate in volume. He likes the trade down. So in order to compensate for the lack of first-round picks, you might be in a scenario where George Payton ends up taking that third round pick and turning it into, say, two fourth round picks or two fourth round picks and a fifth round pick, something like that to kind of to basically try to restock. And then you just have to hope that the more bullets he's got in the gun, the more his chances are of hitting the target with one of them. So I'd be fascinated to see George Payton's strategy if the Broncos manage to pull this off because I think he might be trying to turn 
one pick into three picks an awful lot just to give him more possibilities because that's something that Rick Spielman did in Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. You're right on that. But also, May, something that we have to consider here is how much of a long-term play this could be because this isn't just you're trading three first-round picks or two first-round picks and two second-round picks away to have Deshaun Watson for the next two years. And so you're deciding, do you want Deshaun Watson or do you want first-round picks for the next couple of years? No, mm-hmm. this is something where literally in 2031, we will have forgotten about what the first round picks the Broncos passed up to get him. We will forgotten about the ninth pick this year, the the 22nd pick next year that the Broncos gave up. And hey, maybe in a couple of years, the, the 32nd pick that the Broncos gave up to, to get to Kareem Jackson. This is a whole different situation mm-hmm. than trading for Matthew Stafford, where you're saying, okay, you're trading two, for, two years of first round picks and draft picks to get Matthew Stafford. He's going to play for five years. Is that worth it? Well, that with with Kareem Jack or, or with Deshaun Watson, it's so easy. This is something that he helps you immediately. And then also he helps you for the next 15 years, potentially at least the next decade. I'm glad you said that because really everyone would have to kind of play the long game a little bit. And the next couple and the next, say, two to three years with Deshaun Watson, especially be like that second and third year when you're running low on draft picks, you might hit a point where you've got a little bit of a valley in terms of overall talent on the roster. But Deshaun Watson is young enough that, again, there hasn't been a quarterback this good, this young on the market like ever, basically. So you're playing the 10 to, to even 15 year game potentially if you can keep him if you can keep him healthy like you said Zach in 10 years you're not going to remember the draft picks that are lost you're probably going to be focused on the fact that in the late 2020s the Broncos maybe won a Super Bowl or two here's my question boys what would Pat Bowen do he'd get to make Sean a trade Watson. absolutely he'd do it, do it. Yeah, he absolutely would do it so hopefully uh, the spirit of Pat Bowen is somewhere in that building, uh, you know, re- reminding people that he would he would get this deal done. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, the Broncos have been, you know, uh, struggling to get players like this over the last few years and in, in attracting big free agents. And I think part of the reason is the ownership um, that you know that has caused complications for this. But this is one where you just figure it out. You figure out a way to make it happen. You figure out whatever you have to do salary cap-wise. You figure out whatever you have to do escrow-wise and contract-wise and signing bonus-wise, and you just get it done. You know, and I joked about, uh, get, you know, naming the naming rights, but, like, that's another thing. This is going to make you more money than any naming rights deal or any, you know, money that you need to put away. Like, this, this will make you millions and millions and millions of dollars to have a uber-marketable 25-year-old franchise top five quarterback 100% just think about the premium seat sales alone keep 100% of those and remember when Peyton Manning came in believe it or not the premium seat sales for the Broncos club seats and suites they were flagging a bit all of a sudden Peyton Manning comes in and they sell them out literally Peyton Manning paid for himself on that alone and forget about everything else, more merchandise, uh, you know, uh, more sponsorships, et cetera. And that's the thing. It's it's sort of what the Rockies didn't think about, unfortunately, in holding on to Nolan Arenado, that if they kept, you know, if they lose Arenado, 
They may lose 20% of their attendance. They may lose $35, $40 million in revenue. But you get, if you think of those terms with Deshaun Watson, you're not worried about this. You're making the you're making the call. You know he's going to pay for himself. Yeah, exactly. He's going to pay for himself off the field. He's going to pay for himself on the field too, Mace, mm-hmm. because if you get Deshaun Watson, then there's a conversation. Okay, now the Broncos have the second best quarterback in the division, or at least there's a conversation there. We'll see what Justin Herbert does. But Mace, literally, th- there's no other quarterback right now where mm-hmm. we're saying he comes in here and right away the Broncos can compete with the Chiefs. They can compete with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, especially yeah. with the weapons that the Broncos have. And honestly, Mace, th- there's a there's a chance that we're talking about the Broncos have the fourth best quarterback in the division. And we talked about if they don't have Deshaun Watson and right. Mace, we talked about yesterday, how much of a nightmare it would be mm-hmm. if Deshaun Watson went to the Raiders. And then in that case, if that were to happen, it doesn't really matter who you get at quarterback. If Justin Herbert turns into the quarterback that he can be, well, then the Broncos are, are, are hosed. This would then make the Raiders hose. So, I mean, th- this would be a huge win for the Broncos. And then on top of it, 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 you just you get to put the Raiders in their spot for just a long time to come. Shoot, if the Raiders are at the table, Zach, I'm paying more than even that Texans price floated out there by John McClain earlier this week. If the Raiders offer that, I'm I'm coming back with a bigger offer. If Mate, I get could you imagine here. Could you imagine the bidding war if if oh. the Broncos and the Raiders end up being the final two? I mean, that's that's have to be the Texans' dream right there. I mean, you talk about the ultimate manifestation of the Broncos Raiders rivalry. Mm-hmm. This is it because you're talking about literally a decade potentially being on the line here. One team being able to go punch for punch with the Chiefs and Mahomes. The other team basically probably being what Tampa Bay was for the last decade, floundering around at the bottom of a division where everybody else had a league MVP at quarterback with Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, and Drew Brees surrounding the Bucks in the NFC South. And I would say the AFC West could be that on steroids. I mean, at an emotional level, Zach, as well, I was thinking about this. Do you remember how we were all excited and buzzing during that Seahawks-Cardinals game on Sunday Night Football last season when you had Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray and they were both making big plays and it was exciting and you're like, these two are in the same division. Man, we get to watch this for the next 10 years, perhaps. Yep. Yep. That's how you'd feel watching Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson if they're in the same division. Don't you want that warm feeling involving your own team? That, yes, that feeling of excitement, that, that feeling of hope, and also, yes, the feeling of, man, you can pencil the Broncos in for being on Sunday night football three times a year, Monday night football twice, uh, seven national television games. They're relevant again. Yep, they're, they're very relevant. relevant. They're legit. Yep, they're they're very legit. And so, uh, we we've talked, we've touched on just what this would cost the Broncos in terms of draft picks and players and stuff, guys. Let's talk about what what some people are worried about about uh, how much you'd have to give up in terms of player comp comp, but then also what you'd have to move on from in order to make Deshaun Watson a Bronco, especially this coming year with the salary cap, the way it is, he'd obviously just signed a big contract with, which you would be taking a lot into that. Uh, and 
see if it's worth it. I mean, I know the answer for us is yes, it's absolutely worth it, but kind of show people what this team would look like with Deshaun Watson on this team. So our, let, let's just take the Texans' very generous trade offer. Two firsts, two seconds, two defensive starters. Do we agree that in order to get this deal done and be really competitive, we're talking Bradley Chubb and Justin Simmons? Yes. Okay, so those guys aren't on the team anymore. So now we're talking, uh, what what else do you have to do? Because right now I believe the Broncos have about $15 million in salary cap space. You don't really free up much money by moving on from Chubb and moving on from Simmons. In fact, you, you really don't save any money there. So Deshaun Watson coming in, what's he making? About $30 million a year. So in terms of cap space, you got to cut roughly $15 million mm. just to get him on the team, but then you're still going to have to make moves in order to, to free up some more space to fill out your roster. But in the short term, though, Zach, his cap figure for 2021 is only $10.54 million if you trade. There we him. go. There so we go. this year, you're not doing all that much. It's going to require some planning down the line a little bit because you see some numbers that pop up in, you know, in, in 2022, you, you see a – $35 million base salary in 2023, a $20 million base salary. So you've got some work to do, but again, as we've talked about many times, you're going into a new age with television contracts and streaming contracts. You should see a significant cap bump on the, on the other side of this. And this contract that has the 35 mil number in 22, the 32 mil numbers in 24 and 25, it accounts for that. Although but by 24, 25, you're talking about the restructure. So you're not you're not really worried about the short-term implications. That's the easy part. The hard part is planning a roster with that 32 million allocation, knowing you're lo- losing a couple of years of draft picks. And that's where I would say if you're the Broncos, you start planning and maybe you start saying, okay, how do we get some discounts on guys we want to retain? And so I would think about multi-year deals for Alexander Johnson, for maybe a Tim Patrick, to make sure that they're, they're they're affordable and helpful on the other side of this rather than letting this year play out and letting their value potentially go up. So it may be for other younger players as well. Think in terms of getting those longer-term deals done as soon as possible to get some savings. Well, and Mace, that, that's why you look at the short term in order to do this, because yeah. technically you wouldn't have to move on from anyone else uh, with there being $5 million less, but you likely will in order to free up some more space to bring some other guys in, or you can free up some space right now in order to get those contracts started right now, Mace, and have those count against your cap now to yeah. help in the future. So, I mean, we've talked about how Drill Casey and AJ Boyer are not going to be back on the contracts that they're on right now. Maybe they, they restart structure and and take a a way less a a big pay cut in order to come back that could happen but if you move on from them boom that's 20 million dollars now you're at 25 million dollars in cap space where you can sign aj johnson uh, alexander johnson you can sign these guys that we're talking about to deals right now and guys we haven't even talked about von miller he's probably not coming back at the 22 million dollar cap hit that he has this year so there right there you can free up another 20 million or if you want to keep him for 10 million another 10 million we're talking about the Broncos with Deshaun Watson having plenty of money to either go out and sign some other free agents. And if you get Deshaun Watson here, this is certainly an attractive place to come. Or we're talking about how you can keep start keeping some of your young core here. That $10 million cap figure this year is an incredible blessing in this deal. I mean, <laughs> the Bron- that means, you know, all the talk about, oh, you'd have to cut this guy, that guy, the other guy. No. 
you don't have to cut anyone. You don't have to change anything. Um, and especially since you're going to get some money off the books just by trading him uh, and, and, you know, or trading for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious if the Texans would be interested in Drew Locke uh, just because, you know, they would obviously have a big hole at quarterback. So, you know, we talk what, what John McClain reported in two first, two seconds and two defensive starters. I wonder what Drew Locke would equate to in that deal. Is it one defensive starter in Drew Locke? Is it uh, two firsts, one second Drew Locke and two defensive starters? You know, I'm curious what he kind of equates to in that deal. Well, you know what's interesting, of course, um, with Adam Schefter putting out there earlier this week that he thinks Sam Darnold could fetch a late one. Wouldn't you think then that Drew Locke in such a deal might be the equivalent of a second round pick? Could be. Now, Adam spoke to this directly, I believe, last week, and he said Drew Locke's value is probably a fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's changed with the Matthew Stafford sweepstakes and, and how mm-hmm. big he went for. But also, I, I don't think he would be a major piece in this. Uh, maybe instead of trading Justin Simmons, you're trading Draymond Jones or something if you're throwing Drew Locke in as well. That's fair. Yeah, and, and again, fine. Go for it. <laughs> Uh, and you guys mentioned this yesterday, but it is what, the last thing I want to touch on here. Getting Deshaun Watson not only is important for the all the obvious reasons of having Deshaun Watson on your team, but when you sit down at that table, apparently sitting right next to you is the Oakland or the Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me. And because of that, you have to be extra aggressive. Yeah, uh, and more mm-hmm. aggressive than them because they still they have a good quarterback. Their car can cut it in the NFL. He can win in the NFL. Now, we've oft, we've said for years that they need to upgrade that position, and I think they're finally coming to terms with that as well. But you, I mean, whatever they say, you have to one up. You legitimately, if you're George Payton, and I mean this seriously, if you allow them to get Deshaun Watson, you will end up getting fired. Like to me, that's like a it, it, it's just bar none for sure. Um, you're pretty much saying your best, like maybe in a good year, you get second in the division. Maybe you're most likely fighting for third in the division from then on out. I mean, and that's, right. And that's not even taking Justin Herbert into account. Yeah. And Ryan, th- this is something that we've talked about. And like you're saying, you instantly have the fourth best quarterback in the NFL. If the Raiders get Deshaun Watson and it's an uphill battle to even get to third. And then it's a huge battle to get to second. And it probably is a huge battle to get to second uh, with with what uh, Justin Herbert could turn into. And so if you if that happens, it, trading multiple first-round picks in order to move up to number two in this draft in order to get Justin Fields or Zach Wilson is not a guarantee that you're even going to have the third best quarterback in the division. I mean, that's just how dire this situation is, is you you would literally have to trade up in a draft and still not guarantee yourself to not have the worst quarterback in the division. And, and let or, me just clarify. Yeah, or, or you're accumulating capital, sorry, and trying to get the best quarterback next year. And that might be more attractive. Yeah, and even if you get the number one overall pick next year, it's still an uphill battle to have the third best quarterback in the division. <laughs> yeah. In the case that they trade that the Raiders trade for Deshaun Watson. And let me just clarify what I'm saying. I'm not saying George Payton would get fired instantly. I'm saying you're not making it to a second contract because you have six years where it is likely 
that you're going to have the worst quarterback in the division. And I don't know how many times a team that had the worst quarterback in the division had any success over a six-year period. Yeah. Yeah. That you can maybe do a one, a one-off kind of win. Like uh, Peyton, one of the early seasons he was a part of in Minnesota, they limped to a division title with Gus Farratt as the quarterback for most of the season. And then Traveris Jackson starting in the playoffs. But then you look around what the NFC North was at the time that they won that to pull that off. You had to have the Lions go 0-16, Aaron Rodgers in his first year as a starter, and Kyle Orton leading the Bears. And that's not happening in the NFC, in the AFC West. Not at all. Yeah. And, and I think guys, Peyton get I think Peyton gets it. I'll I'll say this. I think Peyton ha- will be bold. And if there's a possibility of this, he will try to make this happen because he has seen what life is like when you're shuffling quarterbacks every couple of years and you're trying to chase, you can have some good seasons, but it's not sustained. And I think he's learned some valuable lessons from his time in Minnesota going against one future hall of fame quarterback. Sorry, Zach, but Aaron Rodgers is a future hall of fame quarterback, let alone two. And I'm not even going to say three. Cause I only let's, I don't want just to say Justin Herbert's a hall of fame quarterback. Not yet. So, but you're talking about one, and then Deshaun Watson early in his career is also on that kind of trajectory. Guys, I saw a comment come in on our live stream, which thanks for tuning in, everyone, especially on YouTube. And it was, okay, well, maybe Deshaun Watson's interested, but uh, someone said that there were some reports that the Broncos won't be interested. No, I I don't think that'll be the case. They were in on Matthew Stafford. They'll absolutely be in on Deshaun Watson. Now, does that mean that he's going to go out and sell the farm as much as we would be willing to? Maybe not, and that may be the case. But it, they're going to be interested because we've already f- heard from George Payton, but by his actions, that it, they're not going 100% in on Drew Locke this year. It, it's not Drew Locke or Bust this year. They're open to an upgrade, and if you're interested in Matthew Stafford as an upgrade, I guarantee you you're interested in Deshaun Watson as an upgrade. If you're not interested mm-hmm. in Deshaun Watson, you might as well just fold the franchise because <laughs> uh, you, you have no idea what you're doing. Um, one last thing I wanted to say, uh, and I, it's escaping me here. Oh, if I'm George Payton, I'm calling up the Texans today. And, and you remember on eBay how you could bid or there was the buy it now price? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm calling them and saying, what's the buy it now price? What's yep. the before? The, I don't want to get to the table. I don't want a seat at the table. I, yes. I don't want there to be a table at all. What is the we'll take it right now deal? Yeah. And I love I'm trying to get that done. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I do caution, though. We're, I think we're going to be hopeful for a long time because I don't think this is, this is going to happen anytime soon. I think the Texans are really, really going to dig their heels in, and we're going to hear more from Deshaun Watson, from leaks from teammates, from leaks from the media. We're going to hear more and more of this. I don't think the Texans are going to give in right away. So that buy it now may be more like buy it buy it on eBay, and it'll it'll come in two months or something like that. It's not going to be Amazon primed. Yeah, it might not even be that, even though the Texans would like to get some more draft capital for this year. But if they dig their heels in, guys, this could be something we're talking about it lingering in the midseason. And then you get to the early – imagine a scenario where you get to the early part of the season and if Drew Locke has some struggling moments out there, we're not just talking about whoever the bridge quarterback is, the Broncos signed – 
as a backup for this year, we're talking about, oh, do they pull the trigger on a midseason trade for Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's that's the sort of thing that could happen if the Texans really draw a line in the sand and say, we don't want to trade you and, and put this off for as long as possible. So it's exciting today, but literally we could be talking about this in six months. Absolutely. Um, and I, I really hope not. Uh, I hope the Texans aren't that stupid to just try and drag this thing out. Like he's not playing for you. It's over. Just give up. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. We'll also see what happens right now with our DraftKings pick of the week presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Heck, if you want to get in on Deshaun to Denver, you can get 10 to 1 odds on that right now. Uh, Broncos tied with the Chicago Bears to 10 to 1 odds. Behind the Dolphins, 49ers, Raiders, Texans, Jets, and Panthers. Um, so you can get in on that 10 to 1 odds. Uh, on on Deshaun Watson to be a Denver Bronco, but like I said, we're gonna, like we do every week. We're gonna do our DraftKings pick of the week. Um, Zach, we'll start with you. I mean, really quick, guys, hop in on those ten to one odds. Those have gotten even worse, and with this news, th- those may get a lot better soon. Uh, you know, maybe five to one by the end of the day or something if people start jumping on. So that that's juicy to me. Uh, but I gotta go to the Super Bowl, guys, and I know we're gonna talk a lot of Super Bowl tomorrow. But this was one that really jumped out to me, Travis Kelsey. And Tyreek Hill both score a touchdown in the game, plus 170. I mean, I I think that happens. I think they both get touchdowns. You combine them together, and DraftKings is offering just so many props that this was one of them of two touchdown scores in the game. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey both are going to score a touchdown in this game, plus 170. I love it. That's solid. That's solid. I mean, the other thing is, like, I hate to say this, but – when teams are as good as they are, when offenses are as good as they are, they can get like principal touchdowns. And what I mean by that is like, so let's say Kelsey scores the first one. The next one, they can be like, let's get one for Tyreek. All <laughs> right. <laughs> and like Peyton Manning used to do that all the time, you know, maybe not on the stage of the Super Bowl, uh, but just. Hey, let's make sure we spread the love around a little bit. We want everyone to get a touch on. They don't want a Walter Payton scenario uh, where, you know, he doesn't get in the end zone and the fridge does instead. They want both. Um, So um, that's one thing I like about that. Um, I'm hoping that it doesn't happen and they score zero points. uh, But, you know, what can you do? And Ryan, this is also something that just makes fans feel a little better when that happens, because you probably know at least one of those are going to happen. If they both happen, uh, may mean the Chiefs are going to win the game. So it just helps Broncos fans feel a little better if that does happen. I'm taking my entire budget oh. uh, for for Super Bowl betting and just putting it on Chiefs money line. Uh, obviously, the budget means the money I'm willing to lose. <laughs> I want to lose that money, but... If I don't, at least I could profit off of it. So you're not saying the mortgage. The mortgage isn't going on it. No, not quite the mortgage. <laughs> Maybe some of my, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, so just, just some winnings. Exactly. Love it. All right. All right, Mace, what do you got? You know what? I'm looking at this weather forecast calling for rain. And obviously, as I alluded to on Twitter last night, not the muddy track on a rainy day that you saw when the Bucks and Chiefs played many years ago, the famous monsoon bowl of week 16 
1979 at the old Tampa Stadium where play, basically you had all these NFL films clips that are going to be played until the end of time of guys splashing and water cascading over. But some messy conditions could lead to some mistakes. And so I'm looking at the odds on scoring a touchdown in the game. Any other Kansas City Chiefs player, 13 to 4, other than uh, guys named. And you've got, of course, guys named like Sammy Watkins, uh, you know, Nicole Hardman, all the usual suspects. Any other Tampa Bay Buccaneers player, 4 to 1 odds. I would take either one of those right there. Somebody other than all these offensive players' name, because I'm expecting a defensive touchdown in this game. Wow. Wow. Big time shot caller over there. Yeah, yeah. that uh, that certainly is because I got to tell you what, if if I was betting on that, I would uh, put half my money on Tom Brady and half my money on Patrick Mahomes. And that's fine, but I can see a scenario where you've got Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul coming off the edge. They beat the Chiefs, you know, reserve tackles that they've got out there. They force a throw. Maybe Patrick Mahomes is a little bit behind Travis Kelsey. It bounces off hand and then into the hands of, say, Levante David, and he takes off and scores. That's the kind of thing I'm betting on. Oh, man, that would be – wouldn't it be so cool for Shaq Barrett to be Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl 55 MVP uh, for number 58? Do we have odds Do we have odds on MVP on, on do. right now? Okay. Yes. Um, you can find that. I don't want to leave where my page I'm on here with my pick of the week, but yeah, you can find that uh, in there somewhere. I know Patrick Zach gave out Patrick Mahomes to win Super Bowl MVP as his pick of the week last week. Yep, and it, it was plus one hundred, and then at the same time, Tom Brady was plus two ten, I think. You got it there, Mace, or no? I can't see. Yeah, I, I can find like all these stat props. I can't find MVP props. All right, I'll find it. So, I'm, kind of, okay. I'm an expert at navigating the DraftKings sportsbook. Yeah. <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. So Patrick Mahomes minus 106 now. Tom okay. Brady plus 210 still. Shaquille Barrett. That would be uh, 50 to one. Oh, oh I'm, I'm put. I'm putting down a stall buck right there on, on Shaq Barrett. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. I mean, if they win, if they win, it's going to take a Herculean defensive effort from the pass rush, in my opinion. So it, it's possible, for sure. Uh, it's, it's pretty rare for a non-quarterback uh, to win it. But in this one, I mean, even if Shaq Barrett has like three sacks, including a strip sack, it's still going to be hard for him to win it just because Tom Brady is on his team. Uh, but 50 to one worth a sprinkle. And it would be unusual because with the Tom Brady Super Bowls that he's won, he's been MVP four times. The other two times it was a wide receiver, Dion Branch or Julian Edelman as the MVP. So it's either Tom Brady or the guy that uh, Tom Brady is getting the ball to. So I admit, I admit I'm betting on an anomaly here. And of course we have not had a defensive uh, Super Bowl MVP since the great Von Miller back in Super Bowl 50. It's time for another one. I love it. I would love to see that happen for Shaq. And of course, because that would mean that the Buccaneers won. Yeah. Um, I was actually on with our friends on Broncos country tonight last night and Benjamin Albright was trying to make the case for why Broncos fans should be cheering for the chiefs. And, uh, 
It was very unconvincing. Well, <laughs> you know what? In my daughter's classroom, they took a vote on who the class wanted to win the Super Bowl. And sadly, the Chiefs won. I'm thinking, in Denver, what's going on? And my daughter passionately tried to make the case for <laughs> the Bucks, even lobbying. They have a pirate ship in their stadium. <laughs> right. The Isn't NFL won't even cool? let them use it this week. Yeah, they can't fire the cannons except when the team comes out. I'm disappointed because you're supposed to fire the cannons after the touchdown. And then the other tradition is when the Bucks get inside the 20-yard line, basically kind of it means they're on the attack. All the red flags go up around the stadium, their red flag logo, because the origin of that logo is, oh, you lost me there. Sorry. Oh, we still got you. We got you. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just saw myself spinning. The origin of that logo is that back in the old pirate days that they would raise a red flag when it was time to attack. And so these are the things that we're missing out on that should be the case because it's in their freaking home stadium. This has never happened before. Let them ha- <laughs> let the bucks have the cool traditions, show them to the entire country, the things that I hold so dear, share them with the world. But they no, are, they're, they're sharing, they're, sh- they're sharing Tom Brady with us, Mace. It's it's nice. Tom that Brady isn't the Tampa Bay tradition. <laughs> <laughs> He's their winning tradition oh, now. Oh gosh. Oh, and, and and look, don't think of it as rooting for Tom Brady, like you said. Think of it as rooting for Shaq Barrett. Right? I think of it as rooting against the Chiefs. <laughs> you don't want you don't want Andy Reid to have a double cheeseburger after the game. He's already got one lined up. Well, I'm sure, I mean, he's I'm sure he'll have it win or lose, right? <laughs> he said that he has it waiting for him if they win and i'm thinking like wow uh he said that like six days before the game um that could be dangerous you know that could be the way that the chief's dynasty ends uh, he's just he's too hungry for it yeah well i mean a six day old burger oh could some serious wow, damage wow that good <laughs> um all right my pick of the week here uh nuggets and lakers go go uh clashing heads tonight in a rematch of last season's Western Conference Finals and a matchup of the two MVP favorites, according to DraftKings Sportsbook right now. LeBron James at number one, and of course, Nikola Jokic at number two. I call these narrative games uh, when it comes to certain things like this, and this is a narrative game for Nikola Jokic. Um, If he's going to beat LeBron in the MVP race, he doesn't necessarily have to beat him tonight. Uh, but he has to play really, really well in this game. Uh, and I think he knows that for the first time ever. I think he's cognizant of this stuff uh, and cares about it a little bit. And so I like all Nikola Jokic props tonight. Um, but the one that I'm going to go in on that I think is the most lock is points. Uh, over 23 and a half points for Jokic oh. tonight. Uh, that's my lock of the night uh, and my pick of the week. I'm on a, what, four-week win streak just going on Miko Ranton and shots. Yeah. Unfortunately, um COVID has taken away the Avs game from us. So uh no Miko shots tonight. I gotta go to my other guy. Uh not Miko, but Nico Nikola Jokic. Um he's going big tonight. Triple double plus four hundred worth worth a look too. Man, twenty three and a half that just seems like easy cheese right there. Yes. Uh yes it is yes it is. Um, but okay, like we said, um, Deshaun Watson 10 to 1 right now, that could move any second. 
Uh, fun conversation today, boys. Exciting day, I would say, for the Broncos. We will have a close eye on everything going on with this, and hopefully this is just the first domino in a few to come when it comes to Deshaun Watson. Uh, we appreciate everyone for tuning in with us on the live side of things. Hit that like, hit that subscribe, sign up for alerts if you're on YouTube. We love when you watch on YouTube. Uh, but for now... That's going to wrap it up on the live side of things. All right, shout out to everyone who is still riding with us on the podcast side of things. And shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. Thursday is the new Friday. Everyone knows that. And that means it's time to get some Breck brews for the weekend, uh, which technically starts tonight, especially Nuggets Lakers tonight. Like, I'm, feel, I'm feeling in a weekend mood, um, which means it's time for some Breck brews. Uh, I have recently been on a juice drop ipa kick not a big ipa guy myself uh normally but this stuff is so so good so make sure you check out that juice drop ipa and like i always say if you have a favorite style of beer breck brew makes one that will at the very least compete with whatever your favorite is so make sure you check out breckenridge brewery I've got a message to Deshaun Watson. When he comes here, he's not going to be renting. He's going to be buying because he's going to be here for 10, 15 years just playing. And then, Deshaun, you're going to like Denver so much, you will end up staying here. So that means you'll need to buy a home. And I've got the perfect people to call to get that mortgage for you. That's our friends Michael and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage. They're not just diehard Broncos fans, but they've supported DNVR for a long time as DNVR members. They're husband wife team with over 15 years of financial services experiences visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free dnvr shirt or hat of your choice when you do and most importantly get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options that's dnvrmortgage.com and you can also give virginia a call directly at 303-257-6578 and of course visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and it's not just if you're interested in buying a home if you want to refinance discuss your financial options, give them a call. And since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage, your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike of Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. So visit them, dnvrmortgage.com, and enter to win that free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. And most importantly, get set up with that free consultation, free to discuss all of your options. That's Chevalier Mortgage, Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006, Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. All right, guys. Well, as just about everyone who has ever listened to this podcast knows, this is usually the part where we jump into the questions from the listeners, but we have run into a bit of a speed bump on in that front today as uh, our site has been down this morning, which means we can't read your comments, um, which is unfortunate. And we apologize for that. Uh, It's obviously one of our favorite parts of the show, reading your comments. So we're not going to be able to do that today uh, unless something changes in like the next five seconds, which I don't expect. (laughs) Um, And so what we're going to do is tomorrow to make up for it, we're going to do a full mailbag pod, meaning from start to finish, it's all your questions. So all the questions left on yesterday's pod, all the questions left on today's pod, uh, unless something big happens like the Broncos trade for Deshaun, in which case I think you guys will forgive us. Um, But as of now, we'll go full mailbag pod tomorrow to make up for it today. We're sorry that we couldn't get to your questions today. 
with that being said, guys, I want to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. This will probably, you know, especially with us going full mailbag tomorrow, um, we won't have exactly a, a Super Bowl segment. So I want to open this up, and I touched on what Benjamin Albright said to me last night and, and has apparently been pushing on Broncos country tonight. He, he mentioned a couple reasons why he thinks Broncos fans should be okay or be cheering, he says, should be cheering for a Chiefs Super Bowl. I'll say maybe these are some silver linings. I'm curious what you guys think. His first point, which – lost me pretty quickly was <laughs> that the chiefs winning another super bowl will encourage the broncos to be more aggressive in improving their team no that i mean i i i just think if if the broncos need that then i'm sorry george payton's not the right guy if john elway needed the chiefs to win another super bowl uh in order to push george payton to make the team better i'm sorry then they're, they're not the right people to run the organization saying that i don't believe either of them are like that i do think the broncos are in the right direction with george payton but guys come on if 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 you need your your uh, rival to be good in order for you to want to be good and improve the team even more. That's just bad. And the other thing, aggression can also lead to desperation because I look back at the AFC East in the last two decades with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the Patriots running things. And that led to a lot of desperate, short-sighted failed moves by the Dolphins by the Bills by the Jets I mean really the only team that cracked the code eventually was the Bills in terms of getting a rebuild going at the very end of their time but even the Bills didn't break through and win the AFC East until Tom Brady was out the door and headed to Tampa Bay so yeah I'm not buying that all right uh yeah I mean I was out on that from the beginning (laughs) um what I will say I'm willing to concede this if you could tell me what you can't, but if you could, if you could tell me that the Chiefs winning another Super Bowl would cause the Broncos to be more aggressive in their pursuit of Deshaun Watson, then I might make that trade. But, uh, yeah, sure, sure. I, I agree with that because, I mean, the, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl anyways right now. It's not like you get them to go 1-15 by if they don't get this. But uh, do you think that this will play any part in it? I mean, do you think if the Chiefs win – then uh, George Payton will say, okay, we, this Patrick Mahomes guy really is on track to do something that, that only Tom Brady has done. We really need a guy. And if they lose, he's going to say, see, I told you they were beatable. Uh, uh, You you just need uh, any quarterback to beat them, even though that's not the case. Yeah. And and again, I don't think it should affect them. Um, They know the scope of what, what the future looks like in the AFC West, whether the chiefs win this weekend or not is a coin flip or maybe a, a not quite a coin flip but the broncos should and i believe do understand what things look like it shouldn't matter what happens on sunday he also said and i already know what you guys answer to this one's gonna be um but he also said it's a situation where if they win another one it's going to cause their roster to splinter meaning players will leave or be more valuable than they can afford. 
Yeah, no, no. Uh, they, we, they Everyone was hopeful for that last year, guys, and that just wasn't the case. I mean, we saw it right after they won uh, with, with signing Chris Jones. We saw it with the Patrick Mahomes extension. We saw it with Andy Reid, and now uh, the GM staying around for six more years. No, no, that, that's just it's, – it's not going to happen. In fact, what this could do – and maybe I shouldn't say this on, on the Broncos podcast, what this could do is make the chiefs just even that much more enticing for free agents by free agents saying, especially older free agents saying, look, I'm could be guaranteed a super bowl. If I signed a two-year contract with the chiefs, I'll take even more of a discount than I would have. So I, I, I just don't think we can rely on that. Uh, their roster to splinter much more. Yeah. And I don't think uh, anyone's value is going up based on, uh, what they do in this game. I mean, and uh, basically for a player's value to really increase based on a Super Bowl performance, you'd be talking about, well, uh, kind of like Larry Brown for the Cowboys back in Super Bowl 30, having a couple of picks of Neil O'Donnell and then all of a sudden getting a contract from the Raiders that far exceeded what he should have gotten. That's the only thing I think would really increase the value so uh, hey i get ben's passion and i know ben was a chiefs fan growing See, up but I, that's, that's the thing that's here the oh i, I understand i wasn't gonna me. throw him under the bus i'm sitting here with a bucks helmet behind me i i get why ben's trying to do the sales job i just think it's a lot easier for me to do my sales job on the buccaneers than ben with the chiefs at least to broncos country <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, you'll, you'll <laughs> never, ever sell Broncos country on the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I wasn't going to throw him under the bus like that. But, uh, <laughs> but we all know this, though. That's the thing. It's clear. I mean, he, he, he had, he's admitted this. I mean, he, he's not a fan now, and, that, and that's, that's fine. But he's admitted that you know, he grew up a Chiefs fan. And, and you know what? Even after years of covering another team, being in another market, somewhere deep in your heart, the little, the little boy, the little girl that cheer, that that cheered for that team that that is still there deep within your heart, and something like a Super Bowl is going to bring that back to the surface. I mean, I can say it's it's that way for me with the Bucks. Reminds well, you got- of where you are, who, of where you're from, and who you are. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, I have exciting breaking news. It's not that Deshaun Watson is coming to Denver. (laughs) Um, But it is that the comment section is back up and running. So I think we're early enough here that we can pivot right back in and and get to everyone's questions. So false alarm. Um, We will talk more Super Bowl tomorrow, um, which even then I don't even know how much people want to hear about it. But we'll we'll give our picks and, (laughs) and all that jazz tomorrow. Um, let's get into the comments here. And the first one comes in from the Chad. He says, gentlemen, what sort of trajectory do you see for Bradley Chubb? While there have been flashes, he doesn't seem to be following a Von Miller type of path and becoming a franchise defining guy. Do you think he's more on a Von Miller path or that of a Jag? Just another guy. Also, uh, since Malik Reed finished with more sacks than Chubb, what does that say? Does that say more about Chubb or Reed? Would Chubb be good trade bait for Deshaun Watson? Thanks, gentlemen. These conversations are a lot of fun. Yeah, I think uh, the Chad, you make some some great points. Um, yes, he would be. I think he would be excellent trade bait 
for Deshaun Watson. That's probably better than any other team can offer. I'm trying to think of a defensive starter that would be better than Bradley Chubb in terms of trade value. I think he's got to be the top of the list. I'm thinking of what the Jets have, what the Dolphins have, kind of the top other teams there. He would be it because I don't think that the Los Angeles Rams are trading, um, you know, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. They're certainly yeah. not yeah. because they just got Matthew Stafford. So I think Bradley Chubb would be a huge trade piece in that. And I think your your question of is is Bradley Chubb more on the lines of Von Miller or a Jack? I'd say he's he's in between those two. I think it, it would be silly to say that Bradley Chubb was on a Von Miller track. I mean, we're talking about uh, you know, a potential first ballot Hall of Famer with Von Miller, but he's not he's not just another guy. What he did his rookie season showed that flash, and then the way he bounced back this season, uh, he he he's a very, very good player. But to put him in the Von Miller conversation, I'm not ready to do that yet. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a level between Von Miller and Demarcus Ware in terms of, of sack production and, and being, uh, being a Jag. I mean, I would say, you know, for, for some, like somebody who's in the mid, like in the middle, who's had a very good career, but isn't a hall of famer. Someone like you're seeing on Sunday with Tampa Bay, with Jason Pierre, Paul, a guy like that. He's had a good career. He's played for a long time. I don't think we're talking about JPP as a hall of famer. It doesn't mean he's not, a quality guy better than most of his position. And I think that that's kind of Bradley Chubb's potential outlook here. I think uh, if he's a Bronco or elsewhere, I think you'd be very happy if he had a career like JPP minus the fireworks incident. Yeah, seriously. Um, and, uh, oh man, I, f- I forgot what I was going to say about, about Bradley. I'll just say, if the question is, is he more like Von Miller or more just another guy? I'd say he's more like Von Miller, but it's he's not there yet, and he might never get there. And, and while that's what you hope for a number five overall pick, top five picks aren't just guaranteed Hall of Famers. No, they're not. Here's what I was going to say. I remembered, guys. Isn't next year really the defining year of Bradley Chubb's career where he's going to go? Because we have seen the flashes that he could be a Hall of Fame. I mean, he almost broke the rookie sack record his rookie season. That's showing elite, elite, elite play. Then last year, slow start, got hurt. This year comes back, and I would say he had a very good rebound season coming off that ACL injury. But it's not like he was absolutely spectacular. I was a little surprised that he made the Pro Bowl, to be honest with you guys. So kind of, you you again, saw hope for him next year. He'll have a full year under him since uh, since he's been back with that ACL. And if he goes out and puts up seven and a half sacks again, then we're probably saying, ah, man, man, what is his ceiling? It may not be as high as we thought, but he could also go out there and put up 15 sacks. And then it instantly, I think all three of us are saying he's on that Von Miller track. Yeah. Maybe like what we're talking about here with Bradley Chubb is, you know, with Von Miller, I think we established that the baseline for most of his career was 10 sacks. Maybe for Bradley Chubb, what we're looking at is that over say five years, his average per season is 10 sacks which means there's an eight sack season here a 12 sack season there the other thing with chubb is his strength at the point of attack and his strength against the run that's part of his equation as well he's not the speed rusher that 245 248 pound guy with bend he's a 270 pound guy with power different type of different type of player different type of skill set different type of production frankly that you expect from him do you know what demarius thomas Bradley Roby and Bradley Chubb all have in common. Demarius no. Thomas, Bradley Roby, Bradley Chubb. I mean, they're all first round picks of the Denver Broncos. 
That is. That is true. They're first-round <laughs> picks of the Denver Broncos that I will be rooting for in Houston. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and oh. you know what? I think everyone would be okay with that. And I think that's just respect to Bradley showing that, uh, you know, how good of a trade piece he can be. Exactly. All right. <laughs> next one. Oh, Mace, next one's for you. Yeah. I was going to say, I actually got, was the Chad the top one for you? Maybe my computer's on the fritz. Oh, I, I bet you I forgot, the count to, I forgot oh, to resort no them. Okay, no worries. This one from the count, he says, ticked off Thursday. I'm ticked. I'm torqued. I'm in a tizzy. That's titillating. Can you all please explain to the world the difference between a rope and a dime? Not all good throws are dimes, people. Dimes are dimes and ropes are ropes. Both are great, but to confuse the two will be to call a curveball, a fastball, a hook, a jab, or a rumble, a scamper. Let's achieve unity here and agree on our nomenclature. Love the count. Well, you know what? I'll just go back to last week at the Senior Bowl. Jamie Newman throws ropes. Mac Jones drops dimes. Exactly. Exactly. This is a fantastic question, Count. Dimes are, you put it exactly where it needs to be. Ropes, it's it's tight. It, it's like it zips there. Uh, and, I mean, it's as simple as that. Now, a... Well, oh, no? I would say, like, let's say there's, like, a 10-yard in... Um, into a tight window and drew lock just absolutely rips it and fits it in there. Like that's a rope to me more than a dime to me. A dime has to be, I don't know if it's, if it's a, uh, a, a full arm, you know, a, 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 uh, it's not the fastball essentially uh, a dime. I think of outside the numbers, uh, you know, over the shoulder back of the end zone, maybe a back shoulder throw, uh, so I, I feel like there's no exact definition on this, but a dime to me usually has a little bit of, it's out. Maybe it's just that it's outside of the numbers. Well, yeah. And I think what would, it sounded like you were disagreeing with me there, but everything you said, I totally agreed with a, a dime is placed perfectly while a rope, it, you just what you said, the 10 yard in and, and it's thrown on as a fastball. That's absolutely a rope. Now I think what's important is a dime can be a rope. They, it can be the exact same thing. I think, I think you can have so, both so, in one pass. So that's where Count Locula is disagreeing. Also, I feel like I never use the term rope. Um, I, I would say like a laser, um or i don't know like dime is a much more common term so you In don't think age, you yes. don't think a pass can be a dime and a rope i don't think so mm -hmm. Really, uh, I think uh, I think an out uh, uh, over the shoulder laser pass uh, on a on a twenty five yard out can be both. But if you drop but you drop a dime, that means it kind of has a little arc on it. And then it goes in there. Whereas a rope, it's implied that it's kind of on a line. Like, do you remember in the preseason when Drew Locke hit, I think it was uh, Troy Fumagalli? Yes. Outside the numbers. And basically, the ball arrived right as Troy was turning. That's yeah, a hit rope. his hands before he even got his head around. Right. That's, that's, a, that, that's a rope. If he now, if that thing had some arc on it and kind of just dropped in there, that's a dime. So think, think of it. When we say drop a dime, that means it's kind of going up and arcing and down. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think I think a dime is just a perfect place, but I think it can be both. I, I do. Now I do think it they're, they're typically a little different there. But uh, <laughs> guys, who who would have thought in the start of this first segment we would have talked about two players with less than five fingers? We got Troy, Troy Fumagalli and, and JPP. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, wow. Are those are those oh. maybe the only two in the NFL? That's rough. Probably, yeah. That's something else. How about that second segment there? Next one, next one coming in from 219 Bronco. Also, Count, tell me if you uh, agree or disagree with me. I'm curious to see what you think. A 219 Bronco. Hey, guys, quick question. Would you rather, would you rather the Broncos trade up to number two and grab their quarterback in the draft this year or trade for Watson with the kicker being you know that the rookie plays 15 years in Denver and makes three Super Bowl appearances while Watson's accomplishment with the team are a total mystery. Mm, I love this little catch all at the end. Guys, to me, this is so easy, but I'll, I'll, I'll save mine for last. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Uh, would you rather trade up to number two? And gra- I mean, you trade for Watson. Oh, did you did you get the kicker well, there too? The oh, kicker the is kicker the, is the rookie. Basically, the rookie is the guy. Okay, the rookie yeah, no, is, is fifteen years. You, you, yeah, I'm taking the three Super Bowl appearances in the fifteen years, hands down. Absolutely. Yeah, I mixed up Watson with yeah. the three Super Bowl appearances. I mean, no Super Bowl appearances ever guaranteed. So if you can guarantee me three, take that in a heartbeat. And you're not giving as much draft capital to move up yeah. to number two. So yeah, easy, easy. But I, I like that. I like that. And Hey, we got Ryan to say a, uh, a scenario in which he's not trading for Watson. Wow. Are you out on Watson, Ryan? <laughs> yeah. If you <laughs> guarantee me Super Bowl appearances, it's easy. like Deshaun Watson, even in the best case scenario in Denver, three Super Bowl appearances would be a lot. Right. Exactly. It would be huge. Next one from Low Country Bronco. Hey, fellas, as much as I want Deshaun to be a Bronco, it's more important that he doesn't become a Raider. Based on everything George Payton said and hearing stories about his competitive nature, I think at least he would box the Raiders out of a deal. I have this weird feeling that Deshaun will go to the NFC. He would dominate there more so than the AFC. I have to believe Peyton in this situation room cooking something up at the quarterback spot. One other thought I had is that Peyton said he wanted high character guys in the locker room. In my mind, that automatically takes Jameis Winston off the table. Marks Mariota is one quarterback. I haven't thought much about that. He could be the perfect hedge given the situation. The one silver lining to rolling with Locke is that all of this pressure could e- could ultimately yield a diamond. I think his eyes are open to what the NFL is all about, especially now that his job isn't safe after only a season and some change. Lastly, don't forget Tom Brady was able to develop his arm talent over the course of his career. Mac could do the same. Just saying. Low country Bronco. Low country Bronco. Fantastic way to end that comment. Totally. Oh, agree. my gosh. That, that was like just uh... – that was that was like crack for Zach right there. <laughs> he, he, you know what he that that he just gave me the diamond at the end of that. Oh mm, yeah. wow! Uh, uh, to go from talking about Deshaun, flame. to go from to go from talking about Deshaun Watson to Mac Jones is like ice water on a flame. No, 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 no. In fact, I was thinking that exact same thing, Ryan, earlier in that comment when I was saying or when I when I he was talking about. Uh, Marcus Mariota and I'm going, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? We're going from Deshaun Watson <laughs> to Marcus Mariota. I mean, as exciting as Deshaun Watson is, 
I'm not looking forward to a potential letdown. And Marcus Mariota could even be a, a good outcome for the Broncos this offseason. I mean, just don't say it's Nick Foles or something. Please, George. Yeah. <laughs> Bronco fan in NYC, a bit of a gamble. But what about trading for Jordan Love? The Packers no. seem all in on Rodgers after the season he had. And if Love hits his upside, we'd have a QB go to toe with Mahomes and Herbert. Do you think the Packers would take some sort of combo of a second-round pick, Drew Locke, and or Tim Patrick in a trade? No, no. Well, I mean, they might. But if Why you're bringing you Jordan that? Love, you wouldn't trade. Well, you would trade for Jordan Love to say he's your young upside hedge. He's your competition. That's why you would trade. I mean, I would not trade Drew Locke in a deal for Jordan Love because I don't know that he's the guy. And so basically what you'd be thinking is like Tim Patrick, for example, the Patrick, the Packers get a proven wide receiver. They give Aaron Rodgers another target and they take out the succession plan all at once. And, you know, so the Pat, but the, and the Packers get that Aaron Rodgers is happy and the Broncos get another arrow in the quiver at quarterback to see if they can hit the bullseye. Yeah. I, um, uh, my, my thing with Jordan love is I didn't really like him coming out of the draft last year. I didn't like him as a first round pick last year and he did not do anything, but hurt his stock last year when he was just terrible in training camp in the preseason and all reports were bad on him. So he's done nothing to make me think that he could come here, uh, and, and make me fall in love with him. So I, I don't personally like that at all guys. What, what would this trade package look like? If it was Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love for Deshaun Watson, how much is Detroit giving up on top of that? Or I'm sorry, Green Bay giving up on top of that to get Deshaun Watson? Hmm. And is that something that the Texans would be interested in? I don't know. Uh, it, you know, when I think back to the Patrick Mahomes beginnings in Kansas City, all I remember is seeing quotes coming out from players and coaches about how amazing he was. It, it was like a constant stream of Mahomes' love, and, and I remember rolling my eyes at it at the time, but in hindsight, they knew what they were talking about. I haven't heard a peep about Jordan Love. Not a single word from anyone anywhere about Jordan Love's being good or bad. I mean, and it's almost Easter, and you haven't even heard a peep. Exactly. So... Um, I, I, I don't know how – first of all, he was overdrafted last year. So it's not like he's like, you know, this hot commodity. He was overdrafted last year, in my opinion, and he hasn't done anything yet. So I think, I think his value is probably a second-round pick at this point. Yeah, it, I, I agree there. So um, it's just stay away from love. I'm, I'm not in love with Jordan, that's for sure. I'm not either, but what if the Broncos really like him? What if George Payton really likes him? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> what if he loves him? Hopefully he loves Deshaun. Seriously. From Chat Permer, all this talk about trading for the run-of-the-mill average quarterbacks makes me ill. Derek Carr, I vomited in my mouth. Dalton, Mariota <laughs> have proven that they cannot get a team to the championship rounds. To give up two first-round picks and a sundry for a quarterback that most likely won't win the division and should guide a team to the playoffs is a colossal waste of resources and emotional investment. 
Uh, yes, the Broncos have been devastatingly poor since Peyton Manning left, but to roll the dice on a quarterback that has a one in a million chance to miraculously take a giant leap in skill is asinine. If you're going to roll the dice, roll the odds in your favor. Get Deshaun or trade up in the draft to get your guy and keep rolling until you hit. Either that or the Broncos should close up shop until Mahomes has retired. Oh, boy. Wow. Dark, dark and grim picture painted here. Yes, I mean, Deshaun is uh, Deshaun or a first-round quarterback, in my opinion, if you're going to go outside and get another quarterback. I totally agree with you, uh, Shat. I, I don't want the, the Andy Daltons. I don't want the Hedges. Unfortunately, it's a world that may play itself out if the Broncos aren't able to get Deshaun, if they don't love a guy in this draft. So that's why we've talked about it. It's certainly not the sexy option. Well, I mean, I don't want the – I'd rather have Deshaun Watson than the Hedges, but then – I'm okay if that hedge at least has some hope of being the guy. I'm not okay with a hedge that is only a bridge to get you to another another quarterback. At least if you bring in a a younger hedge, at least then you have another possibility of finding that guy. And if he's not the guy, then you go into next year's draft and you go forward from there. Uh, Give me all the possibilities of finding a long-term quarterback that, I can accumulate. Yeah. I mean, Derek Carr is the only one in there that I think is capable. Um, mm-hmm. But even then, like I just saw someone propose the rate, the Raiders trade Derek Carr to Carolina for the eighth overall pick and then trade and then send the eighth overall pick two more first round picks and Darren Waller to Houston for Deshaun Watson. Um and so I'm thinking, okay, just take apart the, you know, that trade. If, if Derek Carr is worth eight, he's worth nine. Would you trade number nine for Derek Carr? Yes. Mm-hmm. I would. I would. Okay. Yeah. Would I mean, you? I guess, yeah, I think so. I said last week I traded for Matt Stafford and right. I think they're comparable players. Exactly. I mean, they're pretty much the exact same. Like I said last yeah. week, uh, Matthew Stafford is 25 touchdowns, 10 picks. That's literally what Derek Carr has averaged in his career. Yeah. Carr's, Carr's younger. I'd argue Carr's better right now anyway. His yeah. eyes are a little more enticing. They pull you in a little more. But I'm with the commenter in the sense that especially if the Raiders somehow got Watson, like you still, now you have the third best quarterback in, in the division with a surging second year player, potentially able to pass you ASAP. Right. Yeah. It would be tough. It would be tough. But if, if getting Derek Carr helps the Raiders get Deshaun Watson, you can't do it. Can't do it. No, cannot do it. (laughs) this is a a life or death situation. (laughs) It really is (laughs) from Sebastian Herbe. My boys, I hope y'all are doing great. Listening to the pod today was absolutely terrifying. Guaranteed nightmares tonight. If we're in the same division as Watson, Herbert and Mahomes, that is the worst possible scenario I could think of. So we have to pray to the football gods that this situation doesn't happen, but let's get into today's question. I was wondering what your guys thoughts are on this. How does drew have to do this upcoming season to lock up starting job in 2022? I personally think he needs to take us to fight for a playoff spot just to be in the conversation at the end of the season. He needs to have a season similar to Derek Carr's last season, in my opinion. Basically a top 14 season. About three to one touchdown to interception, 25 touchdowns, at least 3,800 yards, 66% completion percentage. He was 35th in completion percentage last year. A 66 would put him right in the middle. I don't know. I just think he needs to have a solid 
We need a solid, reliable quarterback that leads us to the playoffs, or at least 2020 Miami Dolphins situation where they're in the playoff hunt until like the last week. Let me know what you guys think. Also, if we're left not knowing if he's the long-term answer this time next year, similar to how we feel now, I would have to assume he's out, right? Or at least as a backup. Thanks for everything. Much love, Sebastian. Yeah, I'd, I love where you're coming from with this, Sebastian. I would probably put the standards a little bit lower for what Drew needs to do this year than what Derek Carr did last year. But when I was reading your question, Derek Carr's name did pop up in my mind because I thought, boy, to lock up the job. If Drew goes 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, that would lock it up. He would be the guy. Anything less, if it's slightly less, he's probably still the guy. 20 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. You don't feel fantastic uh, about it, but you feel good enough where he's. you're probably not moving on from him. So I guess two, two to one touchdown to interception ratio, he has to be above 60% completion, but more so you'd like to see closer to 65. And I think those are the two biggest numbers, completion percentage, uh, and it ha- he has to to be two to one touchdown to interception ratio. Yeah. And if he has this type of season that uh, Sebastian speaks of, and um, I said 25 plus touchdowns and he said, what a three to one touchdown inter- interception. So let's come in round up to, to nine interceptions. So I put that in there. He'd have a 94.0 rating, which would be right around league average for a starting quarterback. Yep. And, and it, if you'll take if that, he's le- If he's league average and the team is pushing for the playoffs, I don't know if Drew gets the contract right then and there, but I think you roll with him in 2022 and see where he goes. And I don't think you're in the quarterback market in the 22 draft. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on how things shake out in the rest of the division though. Um, Because in that nightmare scenario in which Deshaun Watson ends up in Las Vegas, like, average just isn't good enough anymore um and so you're you're ha- you're having to get desperate and mace that's why what you said is such a bad thing when you know when there's dominance in a division you get desperate and you make bad moves that's the fear um because you will have to be desperate you're gonna have to roll the dice you're gonna have to you know reach on drafted quarterbacks stuff like that um but otherwise yeah i think drew just has to have an uh, an above average season so if, if 16 is the dead average, I'd say he needs to be 15 or better. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, and I like that. I like that. Next one from Casper fellas. Let's say Houston is serious about not moving Watson and he holds out. Is there a time where either the league or players association steps in to try to resolve this? If Watson says, screw this screw and, de- this. <laughs> and decides to hold out through his contract, then becomes a free agent in 2026. I imagine there would be some league sponsors who wouldn't be happy that a superstar player isn't playing. How say you? Yeah. I mean, the NFL can't tell an organization what move they have to make or not make, but there would be pressure for sure behind the scenes saying, Hey, we have a 25 year old superstar quarterback who you know, is one of the faces of the league. We can't have him sitting on the, you know, sitting at home on Sundays. We need him on the field. Yeah. One of the faces of the league. And Oh, by the way, you have teams that would be very interested in having him and willing to give up an awful lot. And this would, I think be on the league. This would probably be a Roger Goodell phone call to Cal McNair. Yep. I, I don't even know if it would get to that point though, guys, because I just, 
what what we have to remember here is this hurts the Texans by not having a superstar quarterback on their team. They want him, but at some point, maybe it does take midway through this season while they hurt themselves until they realize, okay, he's really not going to play for us. And then they have a huge tradable, tradable asset. So I don't think it would get to this point. I could see it getting to midway through this year, but I don't see it getting any further than that. Certainly not to multiple, uh, multiple years. So I don't think this is something where the league would need to step in. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, is there a comparable situation where the league has said, Hey, you got to trade this guy. You know, the, the most recent situation like this would be Le'Veon Bell and it just, it just played itself out. He just sat out all year and they didn't do anything about it. Yep. Yep. And that was that that's about as far as I could see it getting as one full year. And boy, would that be wild for a quarterback? It's so, and everyone lost in that situation. Yep. Uh, yep. And so that's what that's what uh, Houston should be looking at is saying the Steelers didn't win that battle by not trading him. Right. What did they end up getting for him? Did they get a compensatory pick? They, Mace, do you remember what the have. what the what ended up happening with Le'Veon Bell? Um, I'm not sure. Hang, I, I'm not sure what happened in, in, in terms of like whether they got a compensatory pick or not out of it. So, well, it um, had to have been because he, on. he ended up yeah. getting a pretty big contract from the Jets. Now, not as big as he could yeah. have got, uh, but it was still a big contract. Let's yeah. see. Um, he, he signed that contract, uh, in March of 2019 and, uh, hang on. Oh, that's here. wild. That hasn't even been two years. How the Jets it, it have feel, totally fallen. It feels, I mean, it, it's one of those things like everything else. It feels like it happened five to 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. That we were talking about Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. All right, before we move on, shout out to Zoom Care. Uh, no one wants to go to a doctor's office right now. And Zoom Care offers a great solution. It's exactly like it sounds like. You get care over Zoom. Uh, from the comfort of your own living room, you can have a diagnosis or a professional opinion on whatever you're dealing with uh, without having to go into a doctor's office. It's a really great option, of course, in the pandemic as well. Uh, so check them out. Zoomcare, Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com. That's at zoomcare.com for all the details. Guys, our friends over at Green Mountain Dental are looking for an experienced office manager and bookkeeper. It's a salary position with great benefits. The office manager's role is to organize and coordinate administrative duties and office procedures. This job requires 10 years of office manager experience. When other duties include prepaying payroll, monthly financials, experience with a variety of office software, ordering dental supplies, handing marketing and advertising, supervising the staff, and so on. The group and team at Green Mountain Dental is incredible, and so you get to work with incredible people. So give them a call if you're interested or you know anyone that's interesting. Their number is 303-988-0711 or head to their website, greenmountaindentalgroup.com, for further information. And if you don't need a job but you need your teeth cleaned, make sure to check out Green Mountain Dental because they're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, an extreme Colorado sports fan just like us, and they've been rolling with us for many, many years. They They've shown us the love through this past hard, difficult year. So make sure to show them the love and get your teeth cleaned with them. And if you schedule a free or cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll receive a free sound and care toothbrush. That's all you have to do. Schedule a free a cleaning x-ray and exam, and you'll receive that free sound and care toothbrush over at Green Mountain Dental. Yeah, so uh, Mace did the research round three comp pick. 
for Le'Veon Bell. That's all they got. The standoff mm-hmm. made everyone look stupid. Um, it unfortunately derailed Le'Veon Bell's career. Uh, the Steelers didn't get anything for him. It's don't let that happen. It's a failure on all parts. Yep, it, it absolutely is. Next one coming in from Steve is the worst. My boys, two-part comment. One, hopefully this is the time that gets in on air and RK presents it for. RK is Patrick Wilson. He arguably got the best celebrity look like a shake. Sorry, Mason, Zach. Let's look it up. Patrick Wilson, mm, not seeing it. Not seeing it. I'm looking it up right now as well. Um, yeah, not, not seeing it. (laughs) I have to see at least one picture of him with a beard to have any sort of idea, but I don't think he's ever rocked a beard. That's really true. I'm, I'm seeing a mustache here, but that's it. Mm, Ryan, so we can get this comp. Do you mind shaving tonight and just keeping the mustache? You know, I've said it once. I'll say it again. My mustache is merely a role player. Um, Oh, you know, it can be the pilot. It just can't be the plane. (laughs) (laughs) What's it? What if you have none of it? Like clean shaven? Yeah. Oh God. I haven't done that in a long time. I was going to say, when was the last time that happened? Oh, let's see. Um, I dated a girl my senior year of college who liked it clean shaven. So (laughs) I, I, uh, I, (laughs) always had it clean shaven then and then after we broke up i grew my beard out like in rebellion for like (laughs) six months Uh, that's amazing Um, so you got to go all the way back to the peyton manning days well but then i i I got sick of the beard being so long so i shaved the whole thing off and then it's never been clean (laughs) wow wow that that is amazing my my uncle who listens to the pod shout out uncle dave he uh he's always had a white beard always had facial hair one time his kids are in their 30s right now when his kids were growing up he shaved it all off one time his kids saw him and started crying he's he's (laughs) never gone clean shaven again Yep, that'll that'll get you. <laughs> yeah, my daughter wants me to go from full beard back to the goatee because uh, she kissed my cheek a couple of days ago and she's like, "Ugh, dad, no." <laughs> <laughs> he goes on. Steve goes on for number two. I might be straight bugging, but I feel like I've never ever heard May say "Welcome in" to the DNVR Broncos podcast, and that it's only ever RK or Zach. Am I insane, or is this real life? The worst, Steve. It's happened when RK and Zach weren't here. Oh, when when uh, Dre and I were doing it, uh, doing a few podcasts together, when you guys were both unavailable last summer, I did the welcome in, and uh, when Dre and I were down in Mobile last year, same thing. I did the uh, I did the welcome in, but uh, it's just sort of how this algorithm works. I'm the last one in, so I'm the number three on the pecking order when it comes to the intro. Those are those are the rare diamonds you need to go find, Steve. Yeah. Maybe we need to change that. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll do the intro tomorrow. I don't know. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Let's change it up. Yeah. We'll from have Brian, a we'll have opposite day. From from Brian, he says one word, Doge. And yes, uh, we're we're taking a, a a rocket to the moon, uh, a Doge rocket to the moon. Uh, if you have diamond hands, come join us. But but keep your paper hands off the Doge. <laughs> What's it up to now? I think uh, 4.7 cents. 
Okay. Wow. Wow. Impressive. Getting to a getting to a dollar. A hundred. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And speaking of crushing it, orange crushing it, chiming in. The guy said yesterday that if a player to any position performs as one of the poorest players at their position in the league, you're looking to upgrade the next year. I'm not sure the Broncos got the memo on that for the first several years of Garrett Bowles's career, but he was a first rounder. You're Very exactly good right point there. <laughs> first rounder. First rounder is uh, is key there. I understand wanting greatness, but I can't help but feel like Drew is really getting the crap end of the stick after essentially one season worth of games. With no time and no mentor in front of him, injuries and COVID, this kid played through an injury of his own and never gave up. He was mediocre, sure, but if the Broncos jump up and draft fields at pick number two and he goes eight and eight with similar stacks, is the world calling for a quarterback competition the next year? Of course not, because he's a first-round pick. I've heard folks calling for Dwayne Haskins to get more of a chance, and in the same breath, saying Denver needs to ditch Drew Locke. It's crazy how much draft position influences the tolerance for, for players' struggles. I'd love to see how people would view things if the rounds never existed, but instead it was just pick 32, pick 33. One player difference between the two, but one affords you three-plus years of trial and error. The other gives you the boot after one season if you have a rough time of it. Thoughts? You know what? I actually kind of disagree here because – the point that you make, if Justin Fields goes eight and eight and has similar stats, then I think fans are going to be frustrating year one. If you're because similar stats to what Drew Locke had last year, you'd be talking about being at within one spot of the bottom or at the bottom among starting quarterbacks. And what would happen is there'd be a comparison with other young quarterbacks, and we'd be saying, Well, wow, his rookie season uh, that wasn't good because. Justin Herbert was better as a rookie. Joe Burrow was better as a rookie and probably uh, Trevor Lawrence was better as a rookie and other guys. So I, I, I think if he had a, if someone like that had a rookie season, like Drew Locke did last year, I think the heat would be on the guy. Uh, it's, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I think that the first round pick always gets the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and for some reason, Drew Locke lost the benefit of the doubt. And well, I think the reason is just, he had, a stretch of really bad games. Um, and, and in that stretch, he lost the fan base or at least a section of the fan base and in turn lost the benefit of the doubt. Um, but I think if he was a top 10 pick, uh, I think people would have been rolling out the excuses more than looking for reasons to, uh, to get rid of him. I also really, really don't think Dwayne Haskins should get another shot. Now, uh, another shot in the NFL like he has right now. Sure. Yeah, I think that. And if Drew will get that, whether it's with the Broncos or with someone else, he's going to be the, in the NFL. But I certainly do not think Dwayne Haskins just deserves to be given another starting job. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. he, he needs, you know, we have to talk about the, the one year of football rehab. Dwayne Haskins needs probably like two years of football rehab. I like the fact that he goes to Pittsburgh because I think Pittsburgh can coach him up. I think that's his best shot, but he needs a lot of time and he he's got to rebuild everything, including the character side of it as well. And the, and the decision-making away from the football field. Yeah. Paxton tried to go to Pittsburgh for some football rehab and, uh, now, that was his last stop in the NFL, wasn't it? Yeah, because he couldn't even beat out Devlin Duck Hodges. <laughs> quack, quack. <laughs> you can't beat out a guy named Duck at quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Time to hang him up.
<laughs> Next one coming in from Swede. Hey, Kings, we always hear about the difference in getting a guy instead of the guy when it comes to quarterback. That factors into scheme, cultural, culture, etc. If you look at the draft and quarterback free agents, who do you believe is a perfect fit for the Pat Shermer offense? It's weird. It's a weird question. We've never seen Pat Shermer with a great quarterback. Um, he always just has average guys. Um, so I'm trying to think of like the elite comparison or the great comparison to some of these mediocre guys that he succeeded with. Uh, and it doesn't immediately jump out at me. I mean, we did think that Matthew Stafford would be a very good fit. Um, foot for Pat Shermer. So who are other guys that could be available this year, whether the draft or free agency that are similar to that? Well, maybe not similar, but um, you know, Pat Shermer values an, an accurate quarterback who, who, who can minimize big mistakes, but has uh, some spectacular uh, ceiling. Dak Prescott, if the Cowboys didn't resign him would be an excellent fit for Pat Shermer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, when when you were saying that, I definitely thought you were going to say Mac Jones. Well, <laughs> I could go there and and I and one thing after seeing Mac Jones in person last week, I could see him running Pat Shermer's offense and having a lot of success. And I could see him doing what Case Keenum did in 2017 but being more accurate. Remember Case Keenum that year he was kind of lucky. He had a bunch of dropped interceptions yes, for the Vikings. He was on the edge. It was why I was really cool on the Broncos going after him because I thought that was an aberration type of season for Keenum. I think Mac Jones could have a better season than Keenan, Keenum did because he wouldn't have those sorts of big mistakes long-term. Yeah, so actually when I was thinking along the line of like mediocre quarterbacks that Pat Shermer has succeeded with uh, Mac Jones did come to mind. Oh, um, watch yourself. And, and I don't mean that as an insult. I just mean uh, <laughs> that, that those are like, those guys kind of fit into the mold. Now he could be a better version of those guys. Um, but you know, the, the not flashy distributor type um without a huge arm is kind of Mac Jones to me. Now, Mac Jones could be the best version of that, which obviously is great. You know, there's been players who achieve greatness in the NFL being a distributor without a huge arm. Um, so that, I mean, it does kind of fit uh, Daniel Jones, Case Keenum. Like those are similar quarterbacks, although Daniel Jones showed, showed more athleticism than I think we expected from him. Uh, but I'm trying to think of the Matt Stafford comp and I don't really think there is one in this particular draft. Yeah. Not right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. All, all very different. And I think guys, final one coming in from the other Ryan says my boys, the DNVR website was down most of this morning. So hopefully I can squeeze in my question in, in time. You did <laughs> any idea why the Broncos decided to move on from Elijah Holder for Ed Brown, Joel Heath, Jordan Leggett and Darren Paulo right now, rather than have them compete in OTAs training camp in the preseason. Was it just a case of George Payton having gone through all the tape of the players roster of the rosters players and making moves? Moves on some of them now rather than prolonging the inevitable. Have a tremendous Tuesday, DNV Army salute. Yeah, it, I think it, it completely was. You get the guy out there. If you know he's not in your plans, you give him a chance to catch on elsewhere. It's a 
it's a little bit of a mercy move on these guys. So it, it doesn't surprise me that you see these types of moves. You, you see these with every new GM or coach that, that come in, that they just look at a guy, they watch the film and say, he's not a fit. I don't, he doesn't have a future here. You just go ahead and move on rather than prolonging it. Yeah. And that's what I love about this podcast. We can talk about, you know, the idea of getting Deshaun Watson for three first round picks, and then we can talk about Joel Heath uh, as well and get comments like that. Uh, Really the only two mild, mild surprises. I shouldn't even say surprise, but, but guys of of notable interest here, Elijah Holder and Fred Brown, both guys that have spent some time uh, uh, on the roster and seem like potential up and coming players. But I mean, that this isn't anything where anyone's shocked about. Elijah Holder had the position change, came in as a cornerback, and then eventually moved over to safety. So uh, a mild surprise. I'm not really surprised with Fred Brown, even though he's a name that people probably recognize. But the thing is, with with Fred Brown, with all respect, receivers that come in on the fringe and can play well in camp and contribute on special teams. I mean, those guys – they're not exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say, RK. I mean, there, there is no shortage of that. There, there's going to be an undrafted receiver that the Broncos signed 24 to, to 72 hours after the draft, and he comes into training camp, and the three of us are saying, wow, check out this guy. There's one of those guys every year. Yep, and then we give him a catchy nickname like Downtown Fred Brown, <laughs> yes. and people remember him. <laughs> That's part of the fun of camps. Why I love it. Cause I love talking about the guys that come out of nowhere, but you have to kind of know what they are and where they fit in the grand NFL scheme. I thought Joel Heath was a local blogger. <laughs> I, I thought Joel Heath was a, uh, a, a candy bar. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. I mean, I also thought they were just clearing space for Deshaun when they made these moves. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, clear about a million off the books. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that was a fun show, guys. I'm glad we were able to eventually get around to the comments. Uh, and before we get out of here, one last shout out to MSU Denver, uh, the presenting sponsor of this show, as always. And man, um, it's a great place to go and further your education, especially if you're looking to work a full-time job while you do so. Uh, obviously, that is not a, an easy thing to do, but MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So we, they, their students are very well-versed in this, uh, and their, their professors bring the real world into the classroom. Uh, so make sure you check them out. 750 total classes, 45-plus online and hybrid programs msudenver.edu slash online use code dnvr sports to have your application fees waived but that is going to do it for us today we will talk to you tomorrow